This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Monday, nine East Coast states released a plan to create a fund that would compensate fishing interests for losses related to offshore wind development. That's because fishing interests are worried about offshore wind farms hurting profitability and causing more competition within the industry. At the same time, addressing fishing industry concerns is really important for some of those states like New York and New Jersey. They, along with the Biden administration, have ambitious plans to combat climate change using the energy from offshore wind farms. So today we check in with Politico's Rye Rivard about the plan to compensate the fishing industry and what's at stake if that doesn't happen. It's Thursday, December 15th. So, Rye, nine East Coast states that want more offshore wind unveiled plans on Monday to help temper opposition from the fishing industry. Break down this plan for us and why it's coming right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know a lot of people are really pumped about offshore wind, except some shoreline property owners and fishing interests. The fishing industry thinks that offshore wind farms are going to interfere with fishing routes, and so they want to be compensated for that. And this is an effort by some pretty big offshore wind states, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maryland, and Virginia, everybody up there except Delaware, to come up with a regional fund to compensate the fishing industry for potential future losses. Yeah, and just getting into the mechanics of this plan a little bit more, where exactly would the money come from? So it would come from developer money. I think that's the plan. I think there is potential that it could come from other places, but the developers are saying, the offshore wind industry and energy developers are saying, hey, we understand that we need to coexist with the fishing industry, and that means compensating them. And so they're certainly willing to pony up some money. I think ideally everybody sort of wanted the federal government to step up and sort of create and manage this fund using money from lease payments or lease payment credits or some other forms of extracting money from wind developers. But ultimately, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management didn't think that the law allowed it to create or manage this. And so these nine states are sort of doing it on their own. Interesting. And also to just give some broader context, why is the fishing industry and also, as you report, shoreline property owners, why are these constituencies opposed to the build-out of offshore wind farms? They have different interests. The fishing industry is looking at losses. They're probably going to make claims in the tens to hundreds of millions, depending on how quickly the offshore wind industry gets up and running, how many wind farms there are and how fast. What's happening is the wind farms are taking up a large area of the ocean. This is places where there's fishing happening, or even if there isn't fishing happening there, fishing vessels are going to have to find other places to try and catch fish. And that could put them into competition with each other or in less desirable fishing grounds. So they might be catching less, or if they're going to try and navigate in between wind turbines, they might need new equipment. So these are just all sort of things that hurt their bottom line. You know, this fund, when it's up and running, is going to look a little bit like the fund that it was created after the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, really complicated issues of compensating people, similar to even the fund that was created after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, where you have to figure out how do you compensate for somebody for a complex series of losses. And how does the clean energy industry or the offshore wind industry counter these complaints from the fishing industry as far as the value of these projects? 
I mean, I think there's going to be, and there already sort of is certainly tension over what losses are the responsibility of a new wind farm and what responsibility of the losses that come from climate change or other things affecting the fishing industry, including the fishing industry itself, which obviously takes fish out of the ocean and affects the fish population. Right. And you mentioned earlier there was a hope from the states that the federal government would have some involvement in this fund. We know they have an interest in it because the Biden administration is really depending on building a new wave of offshore wind farms to meet their climate goals. So how do you expect them to receive this new fund and and react to it? And how big of a roadblock generally is fishing industry opposition to meeting their goals? I think everybody that supports offshore wind wants to make this work. And I think the fishing industry, which sees offshore wind coming or already about to begin construction or already some steel in the water, sees this as a good thing. This fund is a good thing. I think the fishing industry if they can be compensated correctly, could get on board. And if they can't be, then they continue to be this obstacle. I think there are other obstacles, obviously. There are people along the shore who have sued, either because of transmission lines, which we've talked about coming through their communities, or because they don't like the view, or some combination of both. And then the industry is also has its own financial obstacles. I'm covering New Jersey, and the developer of the first offshore wind farm there has said they're not sure if they can make money on the project, which is obviously a little concerning at the moment. Also, on Thursday, California regulators are expected to decide whether to reduce the incentive that has helped persuade 1.5 million California homeowners to install rooftop solar panels. The California Public Utilities Commission will decide on a proposal that would decrease the payments businesses and homeowners receive for setting excess power generated by their new solar panels to the electrical grid. On one side, utilities and some environmental organizations argue the payments are an unfair and unnecessary subsidy to people wealthy enough to purchase the panels. At the same time, rooftop solar companies, along with some community environmental groups, say passing the proposal would make the panels less attractive to homeowners and hurt the industry. For context, the changes under consideration Thursday will help shape the future of renewable energy in California, as the state seeks to increase carbon-free power while also avoiding blackouts, wildfires, and spiraling bills. The changes for new solar panel owners will take effect by April if the five commissioners, who are appointed by the governor, approve the plan. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com rng.